Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee served the Lord for more than seven decades, and these life studies represent his contribution to the ever-expanding understanding of the revelation of the Bible. The purpose of these life studies is to present the truths contained in the scriptures and to minister the genuine life supply, to solve the common and hard problems found in the Bible and to open up every book of the Bible through interpretation. We're very happy to bring you selected portions from his speaking today. If you'd like to learn more about the Life Studies, please visit our website at lifestudy.com. Simply lifestudy.com. Now, here's today's program. Revelation chapter 12, verse 1 says, And a great sign was seen in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon underneath her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. And she was with child, and she cried out, travailing in birth and being in pain to bring forth. There are many great signs in the Bible that are crucial for us to see if we want to be those who truly understand God's Word. Among these crucial signs, no doubt, is that of the great sign of the universal woman and of the child she brings forth in Revelation chapter 12. And here with us today to discuss it and enjoy it is Bob Danker. Bob, welcome back once again. It's good to be back, Chris. And this matter is indeed a great matter that we all need to see and we need to understand clearly. Before we get into Witness Lee's life study, Bob, this matter of the woman, the universal woman that we see here in Revelation 12, there are a couple of widely accepted interpretations concerning just who this woman is and who the man-child is that she's about to deliver. Many, perhaps most, believe that this woman refers to Mary, the mother of Jesus, and of course then the man-child biological extension would be Christ. Others say that the woman here is God's people, specifically Israel, the nation of Israel, and that the man-child then also would be Christ who came forth out of the land of Israel. Watchman Nee and Witness Lee both felt another way, and that's what we're going to be talking about in the days to come. Briefly, why did they feel strongly that the woman here could not be Mary and had to be much more inclusive than the nation of Israel? Well, Chris, here we have a great sign of a universal woman. This woman is not a small woman. She is a universal woman, and she has uh, the stars as a crown on her head. She has the moon under her feet, and she's clothed with the sun. This woman cannot be the Virgin Mary because the Virgin Mary is revealed in the beginning of the New Testament age, and the child that she bore, the Lord Jesus, was, uh, of course, born at the beginning of the New Testament, and he was also caught up to heaven, or he ascended to heaven near the beginning of the New Testament age. But if we read Revelation 12 very carefully, along with uh, chapter 13, which follows it, we can see clearly that this woman here uh, and the birth of the child and the the catching up of the child into heaven do not occur at the beginning of the New Testament age. They occur at the very end of that age. In fact, they occur 1,260 days before the end of the age of grace. These 1,260 days are 42 months, 
and three and a half years. They are the time of the great tribulation. So the time of this sign here is critical. And this time is not at the beginning of the New Testament age of grace, but at the end, just before the great tribulation, we have this sign of a universal woman and the man-child. Also, this woman cannot be the nation of Israel because later on in this chapter, there's a verse, verse 17, that says, the seed of this woman is those who keep the commandments of God and those who have the testimony of Jesus. So, those who keep the commandments of God are, of course, the Jews, the Old Testament people who keep the law. And those who have the testimony of Jesus are the New Testament believers. This indicates that this woman is composed of both the people of God in the Old Testament and the people of God in the New Testament. She is a universal woman who is a symbol of the totality of all God's people, beginning from the age of the patriarchs before the law and running all the way through the Old Testament and the New Testament right up to the last three and a half years of this age. Bob, that was very helpful, very clear to see who the woman is. Now, in this first section and all of our message today, really, we want to focus on who is this child, the man-child referred to in Revelation chapter 12. Here's Witness Lee. We have this great sign, a sign of a woman, which is a bride woman with a man-child. This is something too wide, too universal. Uh, It is not someone just on this earth. No, this woman in the view, you can see, she is in the universe. She is universal. She is uh, too uh, great. Why? Because she is the totality of all God's people. From Adam to the last one, God will secure. She includes all the uh, ages of God's people. God's people, firstly, must be a woman to God then a man-child. And this indicates that we, the church today, have to be, firstly to God, a woman, then a man-child. By this sign, we can see God's intention is to uh, produce, to bring forth such a man-child through this woman. The woman was and still is the means that God can get this mental who will be used by God to defeat his enemy negatively and positively to bring in his kingdom. Well, this is not a small thing. God need a call pre-Christ. God need the church, God's people. This woman is the universal corporate body of God's people. God needs a mental to uh, defeat his enemy, to bring in his kingdom, to accomplish his eternal purpose. For God to have such a mental, there is the need 
of a woman. So in this sign, the main thing you can see is that a woman bringing forth a man-child to cast down God's enemy and to bring forth God's kingdom. Bob, this chapter, chapter 12 in Revelation, is a very key one in the Bible. Particularly, it is here that the woman gives birth to this man-child. And after the man-child is caught up to heaven, Satan is cast down. So with events of this magnitude associated with the woman and the man-child, it's imperative, Bob, that we have a very good, solid understanding of who both of these figures are. Actually, we need to realize that God wants to accomplish three things. He wants to defeat and destroy his enemy, Satan. Secondly, he wants to bring in his kingdom and make the entire earth the kingdom of God. And finally, he wants to accomplish his eternal purpose to build all his chosen people together into one dwelling place for himself and for them so that they would be his corporate expression in the universe. In order to accomplish these things, God needs this woman. But the woman by herself is too weak to accomplish all the things that God wants to accomplish. So God needs the woman so that he can produce the man-child who will defeat Satan after he is caught up to the throne. Satan is cast down to the earth. Right. Then 1,260 days begin to tick away one day at a time until the very end of this age comes when Christ himself will come down from heaven and then the millennial kingdom will begin, kingdom of 1,000 years, and at the end of the 1,000 years, eternity will come with the new heaven, new earth, and the new Jerusalem. This will be the completion of God's eternal economy. In order to accomplish these things, God must have this woman. More specifically, he has to have the child that is brought forth by this woman. Well, Bob, this woman has the place we will see later in Revelation as the wife of the Lamb. And as a wife, as a proper wife, surely she is in the position of being in submission to her husband, God. In this coming section, we want to see something about what the Bible really shows us concerning this matter of submission. Let's go back to Witness Lee. What the Bible shows us concerning submission is to uh, receive something of Christ. Just like a woman submits herself to the husband. It's not to do something for the husband, but to receive something from the husband. Whatever you do for the husband is not so important as what you would receive of your husband. The wife's duty Actually, don't misunderstand me. It's not to do things for the husband. It's to receive something, to bring forth something for the husband. In this sign, you can see the woman is not portrayed that she is doing things for the husband. But she is portrayed to be pregnant pregnant of the husband to bring forth something for the husband. The church's duty is not to do something for Christ. 
the church's duty is to receive something of Christ that she may be pregnant, that she may bring forth something for Christ. Ma, I tell you, surely this light, this vision, is very much lacking. Now, today, when Christians talk about consecration, submission, always their intention is to do something for Christ, is to work something for God. But now, as a proper woman, submit yourself. We have to submit ourselves to our husband. Not for doing something to him, but we must receive something of our husband. We must receive something of Christ into our being. Then there could be the pregnancy. Not that we will do something, but something will be brought forth through us. You look at the picture. Number one, this woman indicates submission to God. And this woman secondly indicates that we don't need to do anything for him, for God. What we need is that we receive something of him. He doesn't need something of us, but we need something of him. We need something of him that we may be pregnant to bring forth something for him. Not to do something for him, but to bring forth something for him. My, could we get this impressed? We must see that today the church needs something of Christ. Something of Christ has to get into our being. Well, Bob, the real submission of a wife to a husband is not to do something for him, but rather to receive something of him, that she may be able to produce something out of him and for him. This was his wonderful uh, picture here. Connect this for us in our experience. Chris, I agree. This is absolutely magnificent, marvelous picture and a crucial one for us to see. As we have already pointed out and we've seen, this woman in Revelation 12 is a symbol of the totality of God's people throughout all the ages. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we read through the Bible, we can find reference after reference that indicates that God considers his people to be his wife. So this woman here in Revelation 12, we may say, is nothing less than the wife of the triune God. She is God's wife. And as Witness Lee pointed out so well, the woman's duty, responsibility, position is firstly to submit herself to her husband, to allow her husband to impart something into her out of her husband's being right. so that the element of her husband enters into her to make her pregnant, to mingle and constitute the element of her husband into her element so that something is produced, a child. And this child is a mingling of the husband and the wife. It's right. a mingling. In this case, the man-child is the mingling of God with man. So as we the wife of God, the wife of Christ, fulfill our responsibility to submit to him, to open to him, and to receive something from him. Something of his very being, his element, will be constituted into us. And 
this will cause us to to bring forth something that will meet his need. And what is this thing that we will bring forth? This thing is the man-child. In fact, it will cause us to become the man-child, the very man-child that God needs so that he can bring this age to a close. This is a tremendous vision and a very, very practical uh, application. What should we do as Christians? Should we work, be so busy working for God, uh, not submitting ourselves to him and not receiving anything out of him, just working, working, working? No. Our first duty is to submit to him, then to receive him, his very element into our being and allow that element to work in us, to constitute us a part of this man-child. Bob, for this last section, let's look at this verse in Revelation chapter 12, verse 5. And she brought forth a son, a man-child, who is to shepherd all the nations with an iron rod. And her child was caught up to God and to his throne. Let's rejoin Witness Lee for our final time today. Now we come to see the man-child. The man-child is a stronger part of this entity. On the one hand... Firstly, we have to be a woman. On the other hand, secondly, we all need to be what? The man-child. It is not just to be brightly. It is not just to be uh, so uh, heavenly. No. We must be fully constituted with the very element of Christ. If you ask me what is the difference between the man-child and the woman, I will tell you this. Within the woman, there is not so much element of Christ constituted into her being. But with man-child, I tell you, in all his being, the element of Christ is there. The element of Christ has been saturating and permeating the whole being of the mental. The mental is the very constitution of Christ. And how could this mental be brought forth? Christ gets into the part of the woman to uh, constitute this part of the woman with all the rich element of Christ, then you have the mental. Well, don't consider this as a kind of a interpretation. You must apply this to your daily experience. Just submit yourself to him. Just receive something of him. Still, you are not the mental. And you can tell that you are still the woman. You are still not so strong until you would let the very element of Christ, you know, to work Christ into your being. By that time, you become strong. And you become stronger. You become strong, and you become stronger. Then what is that? I tell you, that is, basically speaking, the mental. To be the mental, you shouldn't uh, understand in a doctrinal way. Oh, Brother Lee uh, has told us that the, this mental will be 
all the dead overcomers uh, resurrected. All the mental will be there by that kind of resurrection. Well, doctrinally speaking, it is not wrong, but I don't like to uh, uh, understand the Bible in that doctrinal way. M we must, you know, know the word in a practical way. Amen. Even today, we can be the mental. Even before the resurrection, we can be the mental. Amen. If today you are not a part of the mental, how could you be resurrected to be a part of the mental? Before you be resurrected to be a part of the mental, today you got to be a part of the mental. Right? The principle is here. How to be the mental. Well, Bob, at the beginning of this portion, Witness Lee somewhat rhetorically asked himself a good question. If the woman is really the aggregate of God's people, how is she different from the man-child? Let me pose the same question to you. Well, I guess I would just give the same answer <laughs> that Witness Lee gave. Actually, it's, we need to see this. The, the man-child is the stronger part of the woman. We should not consider that the man-child is separate from the woman. On one hand, it's distinct, but on the other hand, it's part of the mother. So the man-child is part of the woman, but he is the stronger part of the woman. Now, the question is, how can we be strong? We cannot be strong in ourselves, because in ourselves, all we have is sin, the flesh, weakness, and all kinds of failures. That's what we are in ourselves. We are not strong. We become strong by submitting ourselves to Christ, our husband, and by opening ourselves to him and receiving his element into us. And after receiving this element, we need to allow this element to become our very constitution until our entire being is saturated and permeated with the element of Christ. Does this happen overnight? Certainly not. Mm. A woman cannot produce a child in nine hours or even nine days or even nine weeks. It's a nine-month process. So this process of being constituted with Christ is a lifelong process that requires our submission to the Lord daily, our opening to him every day, and our receiving him, his element, into our being and allowing him to constitute us with this element. This element of Christ, once it is constituted into us and once we are saturated with Christ's element, will make us strong. It will make us able to fight the battle for God and to defeat God's enemy. So the woman herself is not able to do this. She's just not strong enough. She doesn't have enough of the element of Christ within her. And if we look at the situation among the Christians today, we can see that most Christians don't uh, even have this concept that they need to receive Christ's element into them. The Lord needs our cooperation and coordination with him so that he can make us a part of the man-child. It's the man-child, not the woman, who will carry out God's purpose and fulfill God's need. Actually, what the man-child becomes and what the man-child does, he does as part of the woman, and he does for the whole woman. So the man-child takes the position that the whole woman should take for the benefit of God and all of God's people. Well, we're going to come back to this matter again. We've run out of time. 
We'd like to invite you to contact us about receiving the printed messages, the other material that we have that supplements it. Our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or you can write to us, Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Join us again as we continue the life study of Revelation going on from the man-child and the woman in chapter 12 to chapter 13. So please stay with us for that today. For Bob Danker, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. Brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one and all at no cost. Again, the website, lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.